This week's Ask Me Anything question comes from Tony. Tony is a first-time FBLA advisor, and she's wondering how do you promote and get students interested in the CTSO or the club? And then some follow-up questions. Is it a morning or after-school club that does best? And to give a little bit of context, Tony teaches at middle school. So today we are going to be talking about CTSOs and getting them started. Or if you are a new advisor coming into your CTSO, how to help it be successful. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. My first experience with a CTSO was when I was in high school. I was in FCCLA, but how it started is that I remember showing up. It was my sophomore year, and here in Utah, sophomores, that's the first grade that's in the high school. And I remember it was Club Rush, and my best friend, who was a junior, she said, hey, you should join FCCLA. It's a lot of fun, and they do monthly activities. And that was as simple as it was. Since that point, I ended up being an officer, went to nationals, and then also helped with, at the time, it was called VICA at our high school to try to get that started, and then have since been a Skills USA advisor and a TSA advisor. And Jared, my welding teaching husband, is a current Skills USA advisor. So we've done a lot with CTSOs and have had various amounts and experiences with CTSOs. When I was first an advisor, I was lucky enough to have another teacher be an advisor who had been there before I was. She was a veteran teacher and I was her co-advisor. So I learned from her. And then when I went to my second school, I started TSA, which had never been done in our school district and had to figure that out on my own. But luckily I had that experience from that CTSO advisor at the previous school. Here are some things that I've learned over the years and I bounced some ideas off of my husband as well so that you can kind of get a well-rounded idea of how to be successful in starting a CTSO. Now, the first thing to note and to remember is that CTSOs, although there is usually a leadership and a competition component, the core reason to have a CTSO is to have students have a sense of belonging and feel like they belong to something. Something where they can be social, something where they are not just a number, that they are involved in a group that accepts them, that they can meet with regularly as a social group. And if that's all you do, you are doing a great job. Meeting once a month to have students hang out with one another, whether they're playing games or when I started TSA, they were building robots and possibly eating because they love food. Having something like that is going to be super successful. Now, there are some things that I'm going to say that maybe some people wouldn't agree with, but 
you're going to want to get as many students there as possible that you can. Obviously, you don't want it to be so huge that you can't manage it. But when you are first starting out and you're trying to get momentum, you want students to show up. They don't want to show up and see that there are two kids in the room and then they back out because it wasn't what they were expecting. They were expecting probably like 15 to 20. I know with TSA, I had like eight or nine, but there were five kids that showed up every single time and that was their core group. So it wasn't huge, but they knew that they could come. What I'm saying when it comes to that is that there are club dues or CTSO dues to help students be affiliated, which is great. But I will say this, when you are first starting, try just to get as many kids there as possible and don't be so nitpicky about whether or not they've paid their club dues, because that will be something that will turn off students and really... I know that those dues help with the national organizations and that's where people are probably wondering, that might not be great advice. But in reality, when you come back to the core of it, you want students to have a sense of belonging. And if they feel like there's a sense of belonging, then somehow you can figure out the national and the state dues and the local dues or whatever you're doing. Have that be kind of on the back burner and don't worry too much about when kids are showing up, whether or not they are actual members of your organization. They will probably turn into members if they keep coming over and over again. When it comes to promoting or getting students interested in the club, It is purely, it is word of mouth. The kids are going to join because so-and-so is there or they've had an invitation. My recommendation would be to get some leaders for your organization. There are a couple different ways to do it. You could ask for volunteers. You could just get some students to come. Or if you're integrating it into your courses, then you could have a representative from every class period. So there is a core already, there's like an executive board, whatever you wanna call it, of students who are going to represent their classmates. Now getting this group is crucial in the fall because majority of CTSOs have a fall leadership and hopefully wherever you are, there's a fall leadership that's put on by the state CTSO. And that, in my experience, has been a great time for those students to get their brainstorming and ideation and figure out how they can promote and get students interested. Then it's no longer you being responsible for getting students interested. They are coming up with different ideas. Do they want to do activities that are beyond playing board games and eating food? Do they want to do other things? Do they want to bring in guest speakers? At that point, it's up to them. Middle school is a little bit harder just because they're younger, but your high school students will run with it. Typically, when we do a fall leadership, we try to have it so that they plan out the entire year and what different activities they're going to be doing every month. And that's once you have an organization that's moving along, that is one of the best things to do is really tap into that time where they're all together, they're brainstorming, and then they have everything laid out, it's all calendared out, and then they take on the responsibilities of actually having those activities and figuring out what they need to do to make them successful. As for the second question that Tony asked, as far as when to have it, 
that has varied from group to group that myself and Jared have led. The first and foremost is set your own boundaries. If you do not want to meet with your students before school, take it off the table. Don't even let them know that that is an option. Once you figure out when you are available, then you can see when they are available and when they want to meet. And usually that core group, that leadership group, they'll talk to their friends. And if you've have them as a representative from your different class periods, then they can pull the, the group and see when they want to come. And it just, it fluctuates. Sometimes students are available after school. Sometimes you'll have a group that is involved in things after school, and so they'd rather come back to the school. That's the current setup that Jared's students have right now, is that they will do an after school like 6.30 p.m. every last Tuesday of the month. The other thing you could do is you can have activities during the school day if that fits in with your school schedule. And it could be that you do like a Taco Tuesday or Flapjack Friday, and it's just once a month. So that first week you're doing your CTSO activity and it's the same every single time. Super easy and doesn't take a lot of time and effort, not a lot of prep because the prep is something that is repeatable and you don't have to worry and stress out too much about it. There are some ideas on how to promote it, get it started, and some thoughts on when you might wanna do it. Now, my final thought is I just went to a training that was specific to Title III, which is the students who are learning a second language, so they're multilingual or they're learning English. And we had a guest speaker come in and she had moved here from Argentina. And the way that she felt like she picked up the language the best and felt like she was a part of something is she got involved in debate. And when she was telling these stories about having this sense of belonging and then also being able to communicate with peers in a non-academic setting really helped her language develop a lot faster than if she would have just sat in her classes and then went at home and didn't speak any other English. So think about that as you are thinking about your promoting and getting students involved. Maybe there are some students in your classes that could use a personal invitation to join your organization so that they have somewhere to belong. If you're like Tony and you have a question that you're curious about, whether it is about anything CTE or teaching secondary or multiple preps, whatever, send me a message or an email. You can reach me at Kristen Masick on Instagram is where I hang out the most. K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.